Good evening, Mr. Jones. We shouldn't say good evening because some of our listeners listen to this in the morning. Good morning, Mr. Jones. We shouldn't say good morning either. Good day, Mr. Jones. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Jones. <laughs> Hi. What are you up to? I'm up to episode 69. What are you up to? <laughs> Just hanging out with my beautiful babe. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Tell me about this week. Well, this week, the School of Supernatural Life kicked off. So and how was that? So good. What was good about it? Lots was good about it. Worship was great. Um, just having the room full. I mean, we have over 100 people in that room. Which feels great. Does. Really does, yeah. And I was teaching on hearing God's voice. You you were, and you're, you updated your slides, and they look gorgeous. Everybody said that I updated my slides. I guess I refreshed them with a bit of a lick of paint, but yeah. it's the same content. No, I know, but, but they, they looked pretty. I like the red phone. Oh, thank you, babe. <laughs> it's weird getting back in the saddle teaching six times in two days. Yeah. And God bless the students. They stayed with me. Yeah. And you're teaching this week. I am. I am teaching this week. You can tell that we started back at school because this week we did nothing. Yeah. We were complete homebodies all week. <laughs> we didn't go out at all. I, I didn't even really get groceries. No, that's for I noticed you didn't get, because I lived on Doritos and Cheetos, <laughs> which neither are paleo, by the way. No, or good for you. No. For that matter, but. Yeah. I had the joy set before me. Mm-hmm. You were very gracious and you let me budget some money on a new Nintendo game. What is the downside to me having a new Nintendo game? You are singularly focused. And so the world could be falling apart around you and you may not notice or prioritize such things as stinky bums and such. But I do finish a level with all three star coins. Yes. Well, you know, then that's very important to me. (laughs) So that is a negative. Yeah, I do focus on the immediate rather than the important. Yes. What do you see as the benefits of me having a new Nintendo game? Uh, I guess... The only benefit I can think of is it's wind down time for you. That's right. That's that's pretty much it. And oh, and you play with Abby, she, so that's good. And the good thing is this game doesn't seem to have bubbles, so you don't have to say, get in your bubble, <laughs> get out of your bubble, come in your bubble, I've get got, out of your bubble. I've got really bad news for you. You're there are bubbles. burst my bubble, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tell me what's going on with your shoulder. You went and had prolotherapy. Mm, yeah. I don't even know what prolotherapy is. It's where they inject dextrose and some sort of freezing agent into the start and finish of your ligaments and muscles that go into your shoulder. And what they're trying to do is cause inflammation because for some reason my body isn't attacking the level of inflammation that I have now. Right. So they want to induce more inflammation so that it sends off the bat signal basically to my body to, hey, there's something wrong with this shoulder, let's heal it. So that's the theory of it, and apparently it can take a couple months of doing it, but I did say I'd rather do that than surgery. Of course, I went to have it done, and because freezing doesn't work on me, I just basically got injected between 35 and 40 times in my shoulder. Into your shoulder, ligament, and muscle. Yeah. And you have a pretty high threshold of pain. Yeah, this was pretty ridiculous, though. I think I'd rather give birth. It's just like, are you kidding me? Like I said to the doctor, this better be a lost sight. Because it's like, he, there was like six or seven different places where he would put the needle in and out and in and out and in and out. And so I said, uh, I'm done. This better be your last sight. And he's like, it is. I'm like, that's good. I'm sure you're a nice guy and everything, but I don't like you right now. <laughs> and so the nurse is like, I don't really blame you. And the problem is lidocaine doesn't work on you. Right. It should have, I mean, for anybody else, they've 
The freezing should help. But it didn't? No, sir. And how is your shoulder three days later? Um, it's, it's a lot better today. I would say it's sort of back to the pain level now that it was at before I went to have it. But I won't actually know how much movement or restoration has been restored probably for a few weeks. But do you have more movement today than you did before? Uh, I think a little bit. All right. Well, we'll be praying I still for can't that. do my own hair, though. I, I hadn't noticed, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember doing my hair yesterday? It was a fantastic <laughs> top knot, if you want to call it that. <laughs> do you know how the Disney princesses often have woodland creatures come and do their hair and makeup? Yes. Yours is like that, except it's not so much woodland creatures <laughs> as it is like a pigeon and stuff that's been caught in a, in a I might try leaning out the window just like that, maybe. Ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing my best at doing your hair. <laughs> it's not my gifting. It It isn't, but I appreciate your efforts. Oh, thanks, babe. Yeah. I feel loved. Oh, good. I don't know how you do it. It's, you got so much hair, it's ridiculous. I know. I might cut it off while you sleep. <laughs> I think I might wake up for that. <laughs> Talk to me about your jingle mania. Oh, Last week, mania. you surprised me and the world by <laughs> announcing a jingle competition. Well, I have to do these things by surprise. Yes, go on. Well, um, we're having a jingle competition. So basically, we are looking for talented individuals who would like to write a jingle for us to write something that's between... 30 and 45 seconds long. And basically the jingle will be played at the end of the episodes. What are you looking for in a jingle, babe? Well, I think we basically want something that's sort of happy and upbeat and punchy kind of. What about beat poetry to really bad jazz? Uh, no. <laughs> what about hip hop? Uh, sure. You'd yeah. like a hip hop? No. I, I mean, I don't Have know. you listened to hip hop? <laughs> Because it doesn't sound like a wobbly swing. Dip, dip, dive, and a five, a five, and a ten. And a, um, oh, dear God, what is going on? <laughs> no. Um, I'm happy with hip-hop. If there was a good hip-hop one that was turned in. What about a reggae jingle? Um, wow, that would be different. Speed metal. Uh, can that be happy? <laughs> I haven't heard any happy speed metal, but okay. that's always a first. Yeah. All right, well, I'm interested Maybe to hear what's happening. Maybe we could get Brian to write us a screamer one. Okay. Is that what they call it, that kind of music? I don't know. Okay. I'm not done with the kids. <laughs> if you have a jingle prepared, yes. upload it somewhere, wherever you'd like. Tweet at us, at Alan and AJ, and we'll find it and listen to it. And hopefully AJ's passionate pursuit of a jingle for our podcast will be over. Yes. Please. And then you'll come up with a new competition. Yeah, competitions are fun. If you go to alanaj.com slash jingle, you can hear everything AG just said. Plus, we talk about prizes, so that's always good. Yeah. Are you ready for our main topic? Yeah. Can I tell you something first? Yes, please do. I'm hungry. Okay, there's a Snickers bar in your side pocket. <laughs> it's a little bit I, melted. I just wanted you to know I might talk a little bit fast because I'm hungry. All right. Okay. Podcast listeners, you've been warned. <laughs> I wanted to talk this week about the importance of connection. Yeah. Now, connection sounds kind of really, really weird. But a healthy relationship, and hopefully we're all in healthy relationships, but a healthy relationship is primarily about building and protecting the connection between those people in that relationship. So, for mm -hmm. example, you and I were married. Yes. We've learned over the nearly 11 years of being married mm -hmm. that the most important thing we can do is prioritize our connection to one another. 
And so when when we focus on our connection, our relationship is fantastic. Yeah. When we let our connection deteriorate for a variety of reasons. Yeah. It's not pretty. No. Tell me if you think this is correct. From all the relationships that we've helped, you know, through marriage counseling, that sort of stuff, I would say the number one cause of the breakdown of the relationship is that the connection hasn't been tended to. Yes. People usually come in pointing at things, but those things are merely the fruit of a not tended connection. Yeah, or some of those things might be part of the contributing factor, but the underlying thing that seems to be the main issue is usually lack of connection. Right. Danny Silk, who is a relational genius and a pastor at Bethel Church out in Redding, California, wrote a fantastic book. It's a book that we um, have our students read and write a book report on on our school called Keep Your Love On. And in it, he wrote this. I thought this was fantastic. Talking about connection, he said there's three skills you need to learn to have a healthy relationship. He said the first skill is understanding that it's my job to control myself and I don't get to control other people. Right. Before we even go into the other two, let's talk about how hard it is to control yourself. Yeah. I mean, it is hard, especially if you don't feel loved or you don't feel heard. You That that point number one can fly out the window in a heartbeat. And there's a fallacy that I'd have a much easier job controlling you than I would controlling me. You know, or if only you would stop doing that. If only I could control your behavior, then I wouldn't get upset. Right. Rather than actually taking responsibility for why I'm getting upset. Or rather than picking a different emotion. What are some of the things that you found helpful to prevent crazy murdering me when the disconnect is real? Um, I think usually I have to get away, like at least in another room, and then and then process with the Lord and sort of ask myself the question of, is is what I'm experiencing or what I think I'm experiencing real or imagined? Is this line up with who I know Alan to be, what I know him to think and feel on a normal day when it's not high stress and a million things going on? Is this true to who he is? Right. Bill Johnson has this great saying where he says, we're at our dumbest when we think we know the motives of another person. So usually, especially in close-knit relationships, it's not the thing that's been done to us that hurts the most. It's the motivation behind the thing that's been done to us. The, the imagined motivation. Right. And that's usually the thing that's empowering the hurt. So taking a step back and going, actually, is this consistent with what I know of my wife or know of my spouse? And usually the Holy Spirit's like, don't believe the lies, don't believe the lies, don't believe the lies. Yeah. And it's much easier in, you know, once you're in that state to go, okay, I'm not, I'm not coming to the table to explain why you hurt me, I'm coming to the table to explain how I got hurt. Because usually when I'm coming to the table to say, this is how you hurt me, I'm attributing blame and intent on your end rather than owning that I've been hurt. And that sounds tiny, but one's super inflammatory. The other, if communicated properly, usually provokes a, oh, babe, I'm so sorry, I can totally see how that would have hurt you, blah, 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 blah. Right. But still, man, step number one, understanding that we're only responsible for controlling ourselves good night what is it in james where it talks about the tongue the power of the tongue being like a rudder being like a little spark that can set a forest on fire Ooh, is that ever true mm-hmm. number two yeah 
Skill number two. So skill number one was it's my job to control myself. I don't get to control other people. Skill number two is my number one goal and priority in this relationship is building and protecting connection. Yeah. And by connection, how do you define connection before we begin? Clear lines of communication and just feeling like we're on the same path together with the same goals. And both of our love tanks being super filled. Yeah. So what builds the connection then? I guess there's different things that build it. Um, One of the things that's helpful is understanding each other's love languages and how you give and receive love. What are the five love languages? Um, Touch, quality time, acts of service, gifts, and words of affirmation. Right. I think I'm quality touch and physical time. (laughs) I'm sure you are, baby. (laughs) I have interest. What's your love languages? Um, gifts and quality time. Does it help that I'm buying you an iPhone next week? Are you? <laughs> That'd be lovely. Does Emily want to buy a used iPhone? <laughs> it's gold. Mine's going up for sale. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you feel super loved when you get gifts. Yeah. And when there's quality time. Yeah. And when there's acts of service. Yes, acts of service is up there too, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think also, like, acts of service wasn't that high before we had kids. And then, holy mother of pearl, please help me, I'm drowning over here. Yeah, and I'm just like, I realize that, you know, whether it's you or whether it's like we have some friends that just come over and help us with different things. Right. I feel so loved by that. Right. That I'm just like, I, I mean, I'm like, love thankful, you know. It is funny how your love languages change over time, depending on the season that you're in. Mm-hmm. I wonder too if like, I feel like my quality time one has gone down a bit. But I think that's maybe because we don't have a whole lot of time for quality time right. right now in this season. Right. So, you know, I get my quality time by snuggles with MJ on the couch kind of thing. Right. And just, you know, in, in bits and starts. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. It does switch around. Mine are, in all seriousness, words of affirmation and physical touch. Yeah. So I just want you to hug me and tell me I'm amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, you were so cute at church this morning because I started rubbing your arm and you like turned around and went, oh, keep doing that, you know, and I'm just like, okay, you would think I just gave you a Maserati or something. I, like, I am okay. a touch monster. Yeah. Yeah. As anybody who's close to me will realize, usually, especially, you know, we've got a whole new staff and just because I'm naturally physically quite affectionate, I have to check, oh, wait, are you physical touch or is this creeping out and driving you nuts? But you don't want everybody to come up and touch you. Oh, heck no. Right. No. So, it's... it's. Did you think that was an invitation for random people to well, come up? Well, it might be. <laughs> Somebody might go, ooh, he really likes touch. I'm going to start rubbing his shoulder randomly or whatever. Like, <laughs> Please don't yeah, do that. That's not really what he's saying. I'll show you another side of physical touch if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's building connection. What protects that connection? Probably not... Consciously or subconsciously sending disrespect messages or I hate you eyes or as we like to call them, shark eyes. Let's talk about I hate you eyes. Yeah. How, how does that work? Um, <laughs> well, I think for me, anytime that your face doesn't seem particularly animated or happy, you may just be in workflow and just look over at me and I'll be like, what I do? <laughs> He has eyes of hate. Eyes of hate or shark eyes. Like, right. oh, great. Is Maybe that it's because your eyes are brown. Is that because you're talking to me <laughs> while I'm playing a video game? Because that could be the issue. 
I'm not allowed to talk while you play a video game. That you, is the last video game you get to buy. Enjoy it, darling. <laughs> it's not that you can't talk. You just It's going to be hard for me to give you an emotive response. I Anything more than a monosyllabic grunt. <laughs> yeah, it is, as well as understanding what, what fills a love tank, it's really important to understand the disrespect messages. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think I can receive a disrespect message by you not helping me as quick as I'd like you to. That's a real deal right there. Yeah. Because you're like, could you help me? And I'm thinking, can I help you? Yes, theoretically, I can help you. I am able-bodied. I will be able to help you. Yes. Yeah, and you're thinking it's whenever you have time in the sure. next little while. Let but, me finish this level. But typically, <laughs> but even if you're not playing a video game. Right. Um, but typically, if I'm asking for help, I mean right now. I never ask for help 10 minutes before I need it. By the way, in 10 minutes, I may need your help. I don't know how many times until we figured out what was driving me nuts and I was able to communicate, hey, babe, I realized when I'm asking for help, I mean now. Right. And not like... No, but just I don't pre-think, I don't pre-realize that I need your help with a jar or, you know, and then I'm stuck until you help me. So I do mean now. And what are the sweetest words you can hear when you say, babe, could you help me with this? Sure, babe. I'll do it right now. Yeah, which you're great at. And especially since my arm has been getting worse. But I'm only great at that once you, once you learned that that was the issue and communicated it to me. Right. Because prior to that, it was what frustration. Would you, yeah, you would just internalize your frustration yeah. and then blow up one day. And I'd be like, geez, what's your problem, lady? You know, because I haven't realized, oh, you've been storing up the frustration. Like, I've been communicating dishonor to you completely obliviously. I, I haven't been aware that this is an issue. And to be fair, neither had you. Yeah, You're just, I'm slowly eroding honor in our relationship by not helping you when you need to. Yeah, And then it dawned on you, oh, so... And then I would do stuff like just push through the pain that I was in because you didn't get up right away because you didn't realize I needed you to get up right away. And then I'd hurt myself further. So, I mean, just stuff like that. It would just yeah. become this, you know, ugh. And it's funny what constitutes dishonor messages. I, I saw on Instagram, I think this week, our friends Alex and Henry Seeley, they mm-hmm. posted a series of photographs that were hysterical. Oh my gosh, they were so funny. Basically, it was a photograph of an empty toilet paper roll still on the spindle with a new toilet roll just shoved on top of it, like yeah. not attached. Yeah. And she was like, seriously, ladies, any other husbands suffer from this deficiency? <laughs> and then he posted a picture later where basically she'd replaced the toilet tube and left the empty one just on the floor beneath. Like... So it was this tit for tat thing. And, you know, we laugh at that, but there can be little things where, you know, you say, hey, could you make sure you put the toilet roll back on? And it doesn't happen. And somehow that in and of itself isn't worth getting upset about. But the message being sent is, I don't care about what you're asking. Yeah. And, you know, you just store up offenses. So tiny little things to massive things all contribute to either filling a love tank or draining it really, really quickly. Right. And so the key there is learning to communicate. Right. And gosh, you would think that communication should be super easy. It's totally not. No, as Dan Farley says, everybody has their own secret code book that we communicate through and we expect everybody else has the secret decoder rings. And I would say we have an advantage in that we understand life languages and actually, our life languages are fairly similar in our top three or four. So there's... I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. Because there's probably people listening who aren't familiar with the term life languages. Okay. 
what we need to do is we need to talk about life languages. We need to do a whole podcast on life languages. Yeah. Maybe we could have Allison on to talk about We life absolutely languages. should have Allison on to talk about life languages if she'd come. However, yeah. life language is basically a communication profile tool yes. that helps you understand how you communicate and what's important to you in communication. And we and have your distress signs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we have taken that and we understand how fluent we are. And anyway, we're talking about something that we really need to devote a whole podcast to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so we'll we'll do that. We'll we'll uh talk about that more. But I was just I mean, basically my point was our first three or four languages are basically the same. So mm-hmm. probably in terms of communication, we're maybe a little bit ahead in terms of ease naturally because we think very similarly and we greet problems very similarly correct and even in the midst of that we can still totally miss each other hurt one another even though we view life almost exactly the same right so yeah i mean marriages work anyone who tells you differently is selling something i'm trying to think what they would be selling (laughs) all right so there's number one is it's my job to control myself. I don't get to control other people. Yeah. Number two is the number one goal and priority in relationships is building and protecting connection. Yeah. And the third and final skill that you need in order to control yourself and pursue the goal of connection is a new plan for dealing with the things that threaten your connections. Yeah. Oh boy. Stepping back and identifying the things that are a threat to your connection is one of the smartest uses of your time for relationships. Yeah. For sure. So what threatens our connection? I think probably our biggest one is just busyness. Right. Because when you're running at a certain pace, yeah, you can actually... Well, run yourself out. Your grace yeah. levels get low and, you know, but, everybody becomes an obstacle instead of a blessing. Well, even more than that, you can... Like, our whole life is fairly structured. Yeah. Like... I just scheduled a lunch with a friend in October, like the last week of October. It's like, hey, can we have lunch together? I'm like, yes, I was, you know, yeah. the last week of October. Right. And so when you're moving at that pace, there's a danger that we take one another for granted and forget to schedule in things that are important to each other. I think it's a danger too that we don't uh, preserve our connection with our kids either in the midst of busyness. Right. You know, that those connections are super important as well and they connect differently. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. Our youngest daughter, Tia, is quite similar to me, isn't she? Yeah. In that she loves being with people. But once she's hit her max, she doesn't want to see anybody. Mm-hmm. So today she was at church from, I don't know, 8.30 to like one thirty with mm-hmm. everybody. We went out for lunch. She made it through lunch. And then she came home, went into a dark room with some headphones and an iPad and resurfaced two hours later. <laughs> <laughs> she's quite different from our oldest daughter, Abigail who, after being at church with people all day and lunch, just wanted to hang out with me all afternoon and was like a human blanket. Just physical touch, quality time. Total. Total people person. And then MJ's probably somewhere in the middle. He loves to play and connect and be with people. And then he'll also have his moments where he just needs you to not touch him, not talk to him, just leave him alone for a bit. Yeah, and learning to read those signals is super important. Yeah. You know the other thing that threatens our connection? What? In that when I don't treat tenderly the things that you value, even though I don't value them. Yeah. And again, busyness will kind of erode the grace level to go, oh yes, I, rem- I have to remember that I'm interested in this because you're interested in it. Right. 
What about, I was thinking about this, this because this happened this week, because there's like five people having a conversation with me at the same time. When we get to a level where we are maxed out on incoming information, mm-hmm. so for example, I'm, I'm fairly you know, single focused on tasks. Mm-hmm. So I might be responding to a text message. And you might not know that I'm responding to a text message, so you're asking me for an answer. I can't think of the answer I'm trying to give you. Meanwhile, MJ's asking me to tie his shoes on. Meanwhile, Tia comes up and wants me to open like a, a juice packet. Meanwhile, I'm getting text from other people and an email that comes in. And at that point, I'm just ready to explode. <laughs> and it's not that anybody has done anything wrong. Right. It's just there's way too much information coming into me at once. Mm-hmm. So, And then again, if you're busy, that raises the water level of how much bandwidth you can absolutely have. So how do you maintain connection when your bandwidth is full? Re- reducing friction. You know, that's one of the reasons we try and automate as much stuff as we can in life. So yeah. that we're not spending valuable decision-making energy on trivial things. Right. We tend to eat at the same restaurants. We tend to order the same thing at every restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of our household supplies come on Amazon, blah, 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 blah. We're, we're trying to pre-decide decisions we do care about so we don't have to think about them in the moment. Right. And then trying to teach your children to not talk over each other and that mommy and daddy only have two sets of ears between them. Right, that's not right. <laughs> Mommy and Daddy are sharing their ears today. <laughs> Don't be alarmed. <laughs> well, I hope that's helpful, that rambling on connection. For us, more than anything else, more than being right, being connected is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And it has not only strengthened our marriage, but saved our marriage on so many times, hasn't it? Yeah. All right. I've got time for a listener's question. No. All right, Kayla, we'll answer your question next week. Sorry, Kayla, I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's your wrap up. If you want the show notes for this week's episode, including a link to Danny Silk's book, head to alanaj.com slash 69. Finding Father Books. Last week, we told you that we were sold out of books. This week, we got more in, which is amazing. Our publisher sent some, and then we opened up the mm. box, and we found that there was a problem with the printing press. So yeah. they're going back to our publisher, and we'll get some more back in. We'll tell you when we do. They're rushing it, though, so it should be a couple of weeks. And Heaven Declares is our fall conference at Grace Center. It's going to be an incredible conference. We'd love you to join us. Go to heavendeclares.info for all the information. Don't forget to submit your jingles by October 1st. And we just bless you to have a wonderful week in Jesus' name. We'll catch you next week.